Hey, good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Micah. This is Sarah, and we're the lead pastors at the Vine Church here in the Tri-Cities. We're glad to be together again. Hey, we wanted to take a minute to thank all of you that were able to show up for our Christmas services here. Uh, that was one of our first in-person, that was our first church-wide in-person gathering uh, since COVID, and it was wonderful to be together. We're so thankful to everyone that came early and stayed late to help set up and tear down. Um, thankful to everyone that showed up and uh, thankful to Desert Springs Covenant Church um, who allowed us to use the facilities prior to us purchasing them uh, here in January. So we're excited for a lot more gatherings coming up there in that place. Uh, for those of you that weren't able to make it, uh, we missed you. Um, we love you. And uh, we're going to continue to operate safely and uh, move into things slowly. Uh, so we look forward to seeing you as well. It was an awesome, awesome evening. So our Christmas also went really, really well. It was different than normal. We didn't get to have our big family gathering like we normally do, but we still got to do a ton of fun stuff and do some of the traditional things that we do and some new things. Um, one of the highlights of my Christmas, our Christmas, was when it started snowing on Christmas Day. We had a white Christmas. I remember the moment, I think I saw it first, we saw it was snowing and everyone's like, it's snowing. And we, we just had a lot of fun. We waited until the snow started sticking and then we got all our layers on and we went outside to play in the snow. And unlike other years, we had kind of wettish snow to, uh, on Christmas. And so we were able to actually pack snowballs and we had a huge snowball fight. Um, I realized that I was Rachel's favorite target. Mm -hmm. I don't know why, but I have this awesome picture. I'll post it in the comments on Facebook, but I have this awesome picture of Rachel just grinning from ear to ear, throwing mid throw, throwing a snowball at me and the snowball is still hanging in the air. It's just a moment of, of just a lot of fun. And Micah got out a little heater, and so we sat out on the porch for a couple hours, um, nice and toasty there, watching these beautiful snowflakes come down. Now, as I was sitting there, I was reflecting on just the gorgeousness. Is that a word? Uh, the gorgeousness <laughs> of it all. And what an amazing, creative, imaginative God that we serve. There, It was definitely a moment of praise for us. And today, that's what we want to talk about. We want to talk about praise. So here we find ourselves two days after Christmas, and I guess we're still kind of in the Christmas spirit. I guess I'm as much in the spirit as I, I am. ever am. <laughs> so we wanted to continue the story. A, a few nights ago, we got together and we celebrated the birth of Jesus. And the story continues. In Luke chapter 2, verse 22, we read of Jesus being brought to the temple. Uh, it goes like this. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord. And they went to offer sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. So we see here how Joseph and Mary were practicing Jews. They were following the law of Moses. And there's one really interesting thing here that stands out to us. You know, we know by what they offered, the fact that they were offering uh, either uh, turtle doves or pigeons, 
that Jesus was born in hum humble circumstances. So in Leviticus 12, where it talks about this practice, it says, if you can afford a lamb, then sacrifice a lamb. But if you can't afford a lamb, then choose turtle doves or pigeons. And it's just fascinating to me how, and, and very significant, I think it's profound that the son of God, the, the creator of the world, mm -hmm was born in humble circumstances. Yeah, often when we picture Jesus, we think of the king or royalty or um, mm -hmm. prestige, and you see a very humble beginning to a story, which I think adds some beauty to it. So in this text, we also see that they've come to consecrate Jesus to the Lord. Now, it was Israelite law and practice to tithe, and that is to give 10%. So they would give of the monies that they received, uh, but also the first fruits mm -hmm. of the crops that they grew and things like that. The law also applied to their animals and even to their firstborn son, to their to their children. And so they would go to the temple uh, to consecrate this child. They would make an offering mm -hmm. and uh, they would bring the, the child home consecrated to God, dedicated mm -hmm. to God. And um, this is a really special and interesting moment to consider Joseph and Mary bringing Jesus, the Messiah, to the temple to consecrate him to God, to dedicate him and his life to God. And, and as Jesus' story plays out, mm -hmm. the richness of this moment just compounds over and over again. Mm -hmm. The story continues in verse 25. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God. So we don't know a ton about this character, Simeon, mm -hmm. uh, except for what Sarah just described for us. A man who's righteous and devout and one who's waiting on the Messiah waiting on the savior of Israel. Uh, so Simeon, like we have been for the last four weeks, found himself really for the majority of his life in the season of Advent. Mm -hmm. And so for the four weeks before Christmas, we just celebrated uh, the season in which we wait to celebrate the coming of Jesus. And we celebrate during Advent that he came, mm -hmm. that he is coming here and now, and that he it will come again mm -hmm. in a second coming. And so we remember the hope, joy, peace, and love that Jesus is ushering into the world. And this man, Simeon, had spent his life in Advent. Uh, the, the text tells us that he's a man um, uh, full of the Holy Spirit, which is an interesting term. Prior to Acts, when we read about the Holy Spirit coming upon all followers of Jesus, um, in the Old Testament and here in the Gospels, uh, it's a very unique situation in which the Spirit would come upon someone to accomplish a particular task. And so to hear this phrase here in our story in Luke is interesting. God had a special purpose for this man, Simeon, and, and was working in specific and remarkable ways through this man, Simeon. He was in the season of Advent waiting for the Messiah. And on this particular day, the, the Holy Spirit had led him to go to the temple. He sees Jesus and he takes him in his arms. And he praises God saying this, Sovereign Lord, 
as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, and a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. So here, a personal promise had been fulfilled to Simeon. God had shown Simeon that he would see the Messiah before he died. And here, Simeon says, Sovereign Lord, as you promised, you can now dismiss your mm-hmm. servant in peace. He, he's basically saying, you fulfilled your promise. My life is complete. I'm happy to go now. I have seen your salvation. And one of the main things in here as Simeon speaks of this salvation that has come in Jesus is that this salvation is for all people, not just the Jews. In fact, in Jesus, the word from uh, the name Jesus from a Hebrew word means Yahweh saves. Jesus saves and it's all people, the Gentiles and the Israelites. Simeon says, my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, all the nations. And this salvation is a light for revelation to the Gentiles. And Jesus later on is called the light of the world. You know, I love that. I I love that from the very beginning of Jesus's life, the fact that he brought to, he came to save the entire world was made clear. It wasn't just about the Jews. It was for everyone. So in verse 33, the child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him, what was said about Jesus. Have you ever had that moment if you're a parent? Uh, maybe it was a parent-teacher conference, or I remember one time uh, some friends and some people we yeah. really look up to and trust had said to us, you know, the way your children behave is just mm-hmm. really a reflection upon, you know, uh, you guys and your character and your family. And that was just such like a rich comment. It just stops you in your tracks. And they're mm-hmm. having one of these moments right now where they are just astounded. I, I mean, they'd seen miraculous things all through this process. But in this mm-hmm. moment, they're taken aback as, as, as someone at what 40 days old Jesus mm-hmm. is, um, is recognizing him as the Messiah, as the Savior. So they're taken back, and Simeon turns to them. He says, I have something specific for you. Uh, it, It says, Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign um, that will be spoken against, so the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. It's kind of a cryptic uh, little message uh, or foreshadowing that he has Mm -hmm. for Mary in this moment. But he says, Jesus will be a significant character in Israel and uh, many will be drawn towards him and many uh, will uh, push away from who he is and what he's doing. Many will reject him as well. And this final phrase, though I don't fully understand, it seems to be speaking of uh, specifically to Mary, um, the sword will pierce your own soul too. Speaking of the grief and the struggle that she'll experience as she watches her son, uh, loved Mm -hmm. by some, hated by others, eventually crucified, uh, but then she'll witness his resurrection as well. And so uh, she's going to have a tumultuous, challenging journey throughout his life as well. The story continues in verse 36. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old and she had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow 
until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. So here the author Luke speaks of a prophet named Anna who worshiped day and night at the temple. And I love that this is included in here. The Gospel of Luke has a special emphasis showing how women were invited to participate in the kingdom of God at this time. And this was still a very patriarchal culture. And yet here, even in this culture, in this time, there's a prophet named Anna. And it just shows how God is speaking to both men and women, proclaiming that his Messiah is coming and his Messiah has now come. And so God reveals to Anna that Jesus, is the Messiah. And Anna's response is to come and to give thanks to God. And then she couldn't help but spread the word. So anyone who would listen to her, anyone who was waiting for the redemption for the Messiah to come, she would tell them that it's Jesus and Jesus has come. You know, I love seeing um, both in the character of Simeon and Mm -hmm. Anna, a similar trait that is one of devotion. I mean, both of them for the majority of their lives have been dedicated to this task of Mm -hmm. uh, listening to God, the Holy Spirit, of looking towards this moment of the Messiah. And, you know, clearly they both spent uh, a significant amount of time in prayer and in listening to God. And each of them had received this similar message of hope about a Messiah, about a Savior to come. And each one was listening, watching, and waiting for this moment. And so in the moment that Jesus arrived, they recognized him as a savior, as an infant, as a baby, they recognize this moment because of the time that they'd spent in reflection, in prayer uh, with God and listening to the Spirit's guidance. And in this moment, when Jesus arrives here at the temple, uh, they both are able to both recognize and then to praise God and to begin to share the good news with people around them. I want to be able to recognize God mm-hmm. when I when I see God like that. Mm-hmm. The last couple verses we'll read today, starting in verse 39. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong, and he was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. So Jesus, the infant, the baby that we just celebrated that had been born, grows up. And it's so interesting to think of Jesus as a child. Jesus as a kid playing outside. Jesus as a kid doing their chores or interacting with their siblings. And we don't know a whole bunch about Jesus's childhood, but we know a few things. We're told that he was filled with wisdom and that the grace of God was upon him. Later on in the same chapter, he's described, Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Hmm. So in this season, like, what, what do we do with the text that we read today? Um, Jesus brought to the temple at 40 days old of Simeon and of Anna. Well, the first challenge that we'd like to lay out there is this posture of attentiveness, mm-hmm. right? We see in both of them this posture of 
waiting on and listening to and watching both for what God is saying and what God mm. is doing around them. You know, uh, so this is an application both for us as individuals in our lives, but also as a church, we find ourselves in this uh, exciting and I'm sure it will be challenging season of moving into a new facility, moving into a new neighborhood amongst mm. new neighbors uh, with new challenges and new opportunities and new questions to be asked. And so as a church, we also want to be choosing this posture of attentiveness. God, what are you doing in this place? What are you doing in this time? Uh, God, what are you inviting us into in this moment? So we invite you, challenge you, encourage you. Would you join us in this posture of, of attentiveness, of watching and waiting and considering what God is doing both in our individual lives, but as a community in this community in which we live? And this posture of attentiveness then opens the door for praise. And in this story, we are also invited to praise God because we begin to see what God is doing. We begin to see where God is working and, and it's, it's an exciting time. Now, I recognize that we're at the end of 2020 and this has been just a crazy, challenging, difficult year. I'm sure there were, I mean, 2020 will have a whole chapter for itself in the, in the history books. So many unprecedented things have happened in 2020, so many hard things. And yet even now, we praise God for the work that he is doing in us. And we praise God for the work that he's doing around us in our communities and in our world. You know, through Jesus, we are continually learning and being taught how to love each other, how to care for each other. In this season, especially, what does that look like. You know, Jesus is teaching us how to care for the hurting. Jesus is teaching us how to live generously in a time when many of our neighbors are struggling financially, even have lost their jobs. Jesus is teaching us how to speak hope into this season when when things are challenging and at times very discouraging. And so we we have a lot to praise God for. We have a lot to celebrate. You know, uh, the Holy Spirit, like in the text, is a pivotal piece to this mm -hmm. conversation of how will we choose this posture of attentiveness? Um, we're told in Scripture that the fruits or the gifts of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, mm -hmm. gentleness, self-control. That is, that the Spirit is growing or producing in us those sorts of things. And so in this season, we are invited to lean into the Spirit, who will be our comforter and our guide through this time, who will produce in us all those things that we might be lacking in as we become uh, continue to be exhausted by pandemic and other challenges that we're facing in life right now. We invite the Holy Spirit to guide us, to fill us up, um, and we choose a posture of attentiveness, listening to the whispers or the nudges that the Spirit might have for us here and now. So we're t challenged to be attentive and we're challenged to praise in, in this moment. And so we want to share with you um, just a, a few different ways in which you could intentionally praise God this week. And this is by no means an exhaustive list. There's so many ways to praise God. But a few of the ways that really um, stood out to us, first of all, sharing a story 
of praise with a friend. Pick up the phone or a text or, or write a note and just share with someone, hey, this is what I'm seeing God do in my life. Or this is, as I look back on my life, what I've seen God do. Praise God with me for yeah. what he's doing. You know, uh, worship, that is music, uh, has always been a central way for me to connect with God. And it is probably for many of us. And that's been challenging. That's been one of the things lacking in life is we've not been able to be together on a weekly basis. So each week we've, we've been encouraging you to consider a song or a way that you might worship in your living room. And this week we have a son, song by um, All Sons and Daughters. It's called uh, Greater You, Lord. And uh, we'd encourage you this week to find a, a place of praise as you listen to music, this song or maybe some others that might be on your heart. Uh, if you If you want to dance, if you want to sing, if you want to just sit still or, or get down on your knees, whatever that looks like, um, worship and music might be a great way to praise God in the week to come. Mm-hmm. I love how you mentioned movement. Often I want to move when I'm praising mm-hmm. God. Another way to praise God is to go for a walk out in nature and praise God for his beauty and his creativeness. In, in the world around us. I don't know what it is about nature, but something draws me in mm-hmm. as I praise God outside. And finally, we'd encourage you as we praise God, uh, we spend time in prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and prayer is a reciprocal thing in which we both speak to God and then provide some space and silence to listen to God as well. You know, um, you're invited to pray in any way you're most comfortable and most experienced. But one of the ways that Sarah and I both like to pray is allow scripture to be our guide in our prayer. And so today, as we close out in prayer, I'm going to uh, allow Psalm 145 to be um, kind of the, the structure of the prayer. So I'm going to pray through Psalm 145. You'll notice that uh, if you if you pull it up this week, that um, it speaks of I. Um, I'm going to change the pronoun to we as we pray together and as we close out today. Let's, let's go ahead and pray. God, we exalt you. You are our king, and uh, we praise your name forever and ever. God, day after day, uh, for the remainder of our lives, we lift your name Hi, God, you are great and you are our Lord and you are worthy of all of our praise. Um, you are greater than we can even imagine. And so, God, from generation to generation, uh, we have and we will continue to proclaim your great deeds. God, we celebrate your abundant goodness. We celebrate um, uh, joyfully your righteousness. And God, we're thankful for your graciousness uh, and your compassion in our lives. God, we're thankful that you are slow to anger and that you are rich in love. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So this week, we invite all of us to be attentive to God and to praise God. Find ways to intentionally praise God. Thank you so much for joining us today, and we'll see you next week. Bye.